Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so excited today for you to hear from Carrie Run. I've known Carrie for years through our work with Campus Crusade, which is now called Crew, and also as a neighbor and most of all, a good friend. Recently, she's taken on a new role that she's going to tell you about, and I love how her strengths have driven and shaped her in the way that she's purposely living her life and especially impacts women through her teaching and leading and loving others. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths, Carrie. Thanks, Barbara. I'm excited to be here with you today. Well, this is really fun for me. I have appreciated so much um, this last year, just um, your wise input and listening ear as I've thought about starting this podcast. And as I tell my friends, my strategic coach, Carrie, is going to help me today. And so I have really... Um, it's been a bonus of our friendship for you to um, enter into this podcast idea with me. So thank you so much. Sure. I've loved seeing it grow and come to fruition. It's really exciting. Well, it's um, it's been really awesome because I value so much just your strategic strength, which we'll, which we'll hear about a little bit more. But first, tell me about you and where you live and your family and what you do. Sure. Well, I am married to Gary. We just celebrated our 30th anniversary in May. Um, We have two adult children. Courtney is a journalist. She lives here in Austin. Um, Our son, Davis, is now living in Florida. He graduated from Alabama a year ago. And we have a third child who's still at home, and that would be a golden (laughs) retriever, Cappuccino. Oh, yes. (laughs) So we live in Austin, and we have lived here off and on like three or four different times. I came to school here at UT. Um, after Gary and I married, we moved back to Austin. And then we were living overseas for a time in Italy as missionaries. And then we moved back yet again to Austin. So we've lived all over parts of town and just love being here. Mm. Well, it was so fun. I loved it when we were neighbors. We were like literally lived two houses away yeah, from each other. Yeah. That, that was really fun. I think one of my favorite memories of that is um, we celebrated the millennium together. Yes. In 2000, we were came out at midnight in the street <laughs> with our, my and the, children and sparklers and looked up at the sky. And, <laughs> and the sky didn't fall down and we survived. <laughs> that was wild. Yeah. Well, and two, it was a really big treat for Warren and me when we got to visit you when you lived in Florence. And just see where you lived and a little bit about your ministry there. And that was so fun just to see your world and um, just be with you and get a little taste of Florence. We love that. I think that's just even shows what a, what good friends y'all are, just someone that wants to enter into your world. I mean, of course it was Florence, Italy. Yeah. Twist our arms. <laughs> it was really special to have y'all visit. Yeah. That was a real highlight for me. Well, um, tell me like how we first connected. I know we've touched on it a little bit, but 
How, what's your recollection of how you he know, first I was, I was thinking about this. And when Gary and I were first dating way, way back when, um, you were living in Dallas and Gary and I were at a crew winter student conference and you, I didn't know you yet, but you were friends with Gary from your Alabama days uh-huh. and you invited us over for dessert to your house in Dallas. And so we went over there and we were just, you know, I think I just started, or maybe it was right before we got engaged. It, we hadn't, we were dating and it was just great to get to know you. And you made this amazing pie and <laughs> I was introduced to you with dessert. So it was very oh, fitting. <laughs> that's great. Well, it's funny. We, um, we just were about to celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary. Wow. And so we were looking through this book that we did maybe, maybe 10 years. Cause then we had a fight. We didn't do it anymore <laughs> about um, what kind of highlights of our year. Uh-huh. And um, it's funny because every um, entry that we had, we always included, oh, we really liked our French silk pie this year or the strawberry pie or the banana cream pie. And it, it was just so funny that we wrote that down, but I guess dessert is an important part of our household. Um, it's a marker household. of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I might need <laughs> to make six, that French top talent, I think, Barbara. <laughs> yes. Desserts. Well, it. I have told people that is my one of my spiritual gifts is, is. desserts. I, yeah. I believe it. Yes. Well, tell me about your top five talents and a little bit about what you first thought when you learned about them. Sure. Well, I am, I'm a a force of nature and that's a combination of five talents and I am strategic belief, maximizer, learner, and intellection. And you know, when I first took the test and got those back and started to read about them, some of them really made perfect sense. Like it gave me um, this vocabulary, gave me description um, to who I was and how I worked and my style. And it showed me that I see the world and I work on things through this particular grid and lens. And I know that's like common sense to a lot of people, but Mm -hmm. I think it was this great reminder for me that I have a particular way that I do things and someone else has a different way and approaches something differently. Um, When I was reflecting on this, I thought of my good friend, Linda, that we have worked on a leadership team for women's Bible study and Linda never <laughs> uses text or email. Whenever she needs to discuss something, it's always a phone call. And she leaves me I messages. like that. I like that. Well, it is. Yes, it is so nice. But she never says what she wants. It's always like, give me a call. It's <laughs> long. Call me. She, she leads from a total relational vantage point. Oh, and for me, like I love to talk and it, it makes much more sense a lot of the time. But sometimes I really want to maximize my time by just texting, emailing, getting to the point. But I've yes. learned from Linda to be more like her. And also when I'm dealing with her, hey, I'm going to pick up the phone and call her. Yeah. <laughs> so that that makes so much sense. Yes. Yeah. And a couple of my strengths, I just thought, you know, these are really boring. That was truly was my first thought. I was like, oh. learner belief. Like, what is that? Um, you know, thinking, why couldn't I have the fun talent? Um, but when I really began to learn and embrace my strengths to see what they really mean, it was affirming for who I was. And I saw that they really did capture some unique ways that the Lord has made me and gifted me. So I, mm. I turned a corner on the boring ones. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because I think that's pr- probably what most people think when they get their strengths, because what you do in is your just innate strength or what you are does seem like no big deal. And we all comment to us. Right. So, um, well, I'm glad that you've embraced those strengths. And so I'm excited for people to hear a little more what that um, looks like. What, what you learned those a while ago and then what was, has your strengths journey looked like since then? Well, I, I, I learned them and it really got me intrigued um, just to want to continue understanding what they meant and how I could um, use them just to my own development. So I think growing in awareness just about myself as a person but how I live life, how I work. Um, to me, it was an opportunity for growth. Like I could see these areas and see maybe where some gaps were and where I was strong. And, you know, I think to look at my strengths and think, okay, I can contribute in some areas unapologetically, like with being strategic, I see the big picture. I see where we're headed. I see how to get there. I see a path. And so I need to lead from that vantage point in the way God has gifted me in that area. Um, I think when I'm in a group, I need to be able to feel free to speak up and offer just some wisdom about setting course and strategic planning. Um, but in my strengths journey, I've also seen where I need to grow, where I can um, connect with others in order to fill my gaps. Like learning from my friend, Linda, she's a great example. Think I, I would love to be more like that and I can follow her example. But there's other times, you know, I think things that aren't our natural strengths, we're never probably going to be awesome at that. And so I've seen that I can't do it all. Like I was thinking recently, our, our church just had this really big women's event. Um, we had Jamie Ivy, who's this podcaster author. And I think as the women's ministry director at our church, I could have felt like, you know, I, I need to MC this event. I need to kick it off. Like as the leader in front of all these women, um, But, you know, I took a step back in that event and I thought, you know, I really want someone who has woo. Now, woo is another talent. I know you've had plenty of people on here with woo, but it's (laughs) it's people that can really inspire and motivate people, people that just like naturally like can fill the room, win others over. And so if I had emceed that event, I would have been articulate. I would have been clear. It would have been fine. But also another one of my strengths, Maximizer, I don't want fine. I want better. I want mm. that. So I wanted someone to fill the room with the presence to inspire and motivate motivate in ways that I can't with a big crowd. So I saw my strategic and my maximizer come out at work. Just and that I was able to do that because I understand who I am, where I'm talented, and where can I give platform to someone else to shine out of their giftedness and fill my gaps with how some how God has gifted someone else. Mm, that's, that's so good. I mean, I know like when we were first talking about this and I came to the event and I loved it because a lot of what Jamie talks about is just this idea, kind of the, the other side or even the integral parts of like helping people understand who they are and step into their talents. But I thought, wow, Carrie, well, I mean, you were the person in charge, so you still were strategic, but I, I loved seeing all the parts and how excellent they were because the decorations were beautiful. The food was beautiful. The tables were beautiful. The, 
the publicity was amazing. I mean, I just saw all those parts and how they work together so well. And it was an amazing and inspiring and encouraging event. And so hats off to you, Carrie. I know it wasn't all you. You had a great team, but I did have an amazing team who pulled it together. But, you know, learning to embrace who I am and what I contribute and then giving platform to other people to let them live out their strengths and their giftedness was like really fun to do. Yeah. It's very strategic. Very strategic. Maximizing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Well, um, I know just backing up a little bit, just that even recently, just even for you to step into this role at church was a really big change because we both were on crew staff for years and years. And, and so you made a big change to, um, to apply for this role and to pray about it and step into it. What was that journey like for you? And how did you see that even probably, I mean, I would imagine a strategic step for you to capitalize on your gifts and talents in this next season of your life. Well, it's been about a year and a half now that I have been in a role of women's ministry director at Austin Ridge Bible Church, um, switching from crew. And, you know, first of all, I just sense an overall leading from the Lord to make the shift. Um, and I feel it was such a good gift of the Lord um, to get to minister in this role, to be here to help women grow in their love for Jesus, to become like Him, just to really invest in others for the sake of the gospel. Um, But I see that my mix of talents definitely played into the decision of why I took the job and what I get to do. And I I really saw my belief talent at work. And that was one of those I thought was super boring. Um, But as I've come to understand it, it explains even a lot of why I took this job. when my kids were in college, like many women experiencing being an empty nester for this first time, you begin to think about like, what's next? I've got more margin. I've got more time. What does God have for me? And I was wondering, do I stay in my current role with crew? I'd been doing some new roles with theological development with our staff, part of our digital communications team, doing some content editing for resources, articles, and such on Crew's website. And I really love these things. They stretched me, they grew me, but they really didn't feel like a long-term fit. Um, I think I loved them for the couple years I did them um, because of my talent as a learner. Like this is where I saw learner jump in because learners, we obviously have this strong desire to learn. We want to keep improving. And I think I do gain energy um, by mastering something new, and something that's useful. So I love tackling new things. And so I really enjoyed these roles with crew, but I was still wrestling with what's next because what I was doing was a little bit isolating. It was a little bit at a distance. Um, the teams I was working on were in other cities. Mm-hmm. So I wanted something that was a little more up close. And as I was praying, just what am I going to do Lord with this more time and margin? I sensed this renewed call to ministry from the Lord. And I think I saw my belief talent coming into play here. Now, belief is someone um, who has these core values that just kind of are enduring. They last. They kind of stick with you. It's these deep convictions or values that really guide your decisions and influence like your relationships and what you do in work. And they kind of provide this benchmark for what's true in your life. And as I considered and prayed, I kept coming back to the thought that there is Nothing I'd really rather do than ministry. 
Um, I love making theology practical, God's word accessible to see lives changed by the gospel. And I, I kind of circled all the way back to as a college student when I sensed the Lord asking me, you know, Carrie, there are so many who are willing to go work at, I was a marketing major, so at a marketing job, business jobs or wherever, but who is willing to go for me? Who's willing to invest in the Great Commission? And as a college student, I was like, here am I, send me. And, you know, I think at this point in my life, as I was praying to the Lord, I sensed this renewed call from the Lord. And I I said to him again, here am I, send me. And I think it tapped into my belief. These things about my faith that are these core convictions, I saw that it shaped not just who I was and who I'm becoming to become more like Jesus, but it shapes what I do with my time. And so it really helped me to say yes when this new opportunity and new role came up at the church. Um, So that was a really long way to get to that, but I saw my belief really at work and just my Mm -hmm. convictions driving um, what I do with my life. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. I love hearing all that. I mean, I've, I've known from the outside a little bit of your process in this decision, but I um, love hearing how you tied those together with who you are. And like you say, just your, your core beliefs. And um, I know I, I think probably like we're similar, like in college, just really being gripped with just the mission of the gospel. And um, I know I, when I was at Auburn thinking, well, there's not enough leaders here, this sorority when in the middle of the Bible belt, what's the rest of the world like? And so that really gripped me. And so it's fun that we can kind of work together in some things like that. Definitely. And so, um, well, um, also I did, I, I don't think I knew you were a marketing major. I was a marketing major. Yeah, too. We were, yeah both marketing. So, yeah. So Perfect. well, um, that's, I, I really do just love hearing how you, like I said, just how you tied all that together, but like, as you think now, like your days at work or even just on the weekend, whatever it is, what do you just love about what you are getting to do now? Like what gets you up in the morning? Um, you know, I love getting to set things in motion for women to know Jesus. Um, I love thinking about how can I build a culture? How can I create environments, opportunities um, for every woman here um, at our church to be outward focused, to understand God's heart for the lost, um, to grow in their heart, to share the gospel with family and friends. Um, I love helping women grow in God's word and getting to think about that daily. Um, God's word really is my passion. I love helping women find their place in God's story as well, that he can use them. Like we've talked about right where they are, that they really can make a spiritual difference that who God has made them to be with their gifts and their talents matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love helping people kind of discover that a little bit differently than you're, you're doing that too, Barbara, you're helping people discover, um, how God has made them and how they can use that. And I'm coming from a little bit different vantage point, but it's very similar. And I I love that I get to do this with amazing people. I love working with others to do all of that. That's one of the things when I was considering a change from crew, I felt like I was working a little bit alone and Mm -hmm. I was working remotely. 
And so I just love getting to be up close every day with people that um, are in this, in this race with me. Yeah, that's great. Well, I know even like, as we, um, you mentioned a little bit about the, the Jamie Ivy event, and that was a big deal, especially coming off of kind of still in the middle of COVID, but you know, near the end of yeah, yeah. the, um, the challenging um, life we're in with COVID, but like, Again, how did you even kind of have that idea or how did your strengths kind of play into that? Even um, not the actual implementing it, but like, hey, let's get this on the calendar. Right. Well, surprise, it started from a strategic standpoint mm-hmm. <laughs> about a year before it actually took place. Um, I'll give you the the quick backstory here and how it led to this um, big outreach event with Jamie Ivey. I believe an area of growth for our women's ministry is in being outward focused and sharing Jesus with others. We're great at growing in God's word, which is kind of true for a lot of Christians. And so I sense wanting to build and change our women's ministry culture to be more outward focused. And so I had this strategic plan in my brain that made it on paper. Um, It got changed up a lot with COVID learning to have an open hand before the Lord, but it started, um, with some intentionality with our social media plan, spanning a whole year, we focused on loving our neighbor, loving our city, loving our world um, through scripture, devotionals, videos, prayer prompts, quotes, articles, everything. We began bombarding women daily on our social media with these themes. Now they probably didn't know that I was trying to help build a culture of being outward focused, but we were putting things before them to help build this culture. And then next in my plan, I was going to choose our curriculum for our summer study. And we landed on something called the good gospel. It was learning and understanding the gospel deeply so that we can share it clearly and simply. And the next on my plan was something called false service days. It was about um, having local missions partners come and share about the needs and what they're doing, the needs of the vulnerable city how that God is at work even among the least of these, and he invites us to join in his work. Again, growing that outward focus, that God would grow our hearts of compassion, that he would stir some of the women to take next steps to get involved. So I kept planning these kind of, you know, you're seeing it on social media, you're coming to a Bible study, you have a service event, we had an outreach Christmas dinner, and then kind of our big end of the year was going to be this outreach event with Jamie Ivey. So there was a pathway, whether people knew it or not, where I was focusing their attention on the lost, on praying for their neighbors, on investing in others, taking steps, giving opportunities for them to come and bring their neighbor that culminated with Jamie Ivey and getting, that's kind of the capstone to bring their friends to come hear the gospel And so I don't know that others probably saw, hey, here are 10 things we're doing throughout the year that are building a culture of outreach. But in my mind, I love getting to use my strategic thoughts. My end goal was outward focused culture, developing a heart for the lost. And I had a plan mapped out to build and change a culture. So that ended with Jamie Ivey. Yeah. Wow. That's Gosh, that all makes so much sense. And it's so awesome to to know that you are the one kind of helping cast vision for that and making 
things happen, like like you say, with a strategic plan with critical path steps to make it happen. I love it. It's almost kind of like a like a puzzle. Like I see the picture at the end and like I love getting to put the pieces in place, kind of one mm-hmm. piece at a time to help bring us to something beautiful at the end. Yeah. Well, I know just um, you know, just being on staff on a lot of teams and we spent a lot of time working on strategic plan. And I think having been part of that or helping having other people lead in that, I've learned the idea of what it means to be strategic, even though that is not one of my top strengths, but I think it's so obviously so critical and it's neat to have people that have that strength and are leading and thinking of like, just like you say, having a clear path of Mm -hmm. how to get to where we want to go. Yeah. So, well, I know one of the, you mentioned a little bit about your maximizer strength. And I think one time when I asked you, which is your favorite strength, you said that one, tell me why that would be your favorite strength. <laughs> maximizer. Not that we won't tell your other strengths that maximizer. We'll, we'll leave off the, the, the boring ones and talk about maximizer. Yeah. Maximizer is taking something good and making it better. Um, I love seeing this in tasks. I love doing it with people. You know, I think it, um, when I entered into this role of women's ministry, um, women's ministry was at a, a really good place at our church. It wasn't that there were deficits or something was wrong. I saw it at a healthy place and then it was exciting to think, okay, how can I take it to the next level? How can I take it one step further, take something good and make it better? And, um, that's just really, it's energizing to do that. And with people, I love helping people get better at what they do, grow and to change. Um, I get to do that a lot with kind of leader development just in my role. And, you know, it's just been fun. You know, you mentioned, Barbara, I've had the the privilege to come alongside you a little bit. And as you lot, and be um, <laughs> kind of a sounding board for you, but I love seeing you grow and how you have grown this podcast and how you're um, growing as your skill as an interviewer and you're growing and helping women understand their strengths. And just to get to play a small part in that and helping you put this podcast together has been really fun. So it's not just for events or a task, but I, I love helping people develop. Yeah. Well, we, there's so many of us like me that need people like you a lot. (laughs) And so I, I, I felt really smart to, tap into that with you. I mean, you were already listening to some of the things, but even to know I need help in organizing this and figuring out the best plan. And I'm happy for any amount of time we can talk about it, (laughs) but it's like, I don't want you to think that's all I want to talk about, but I appreciate it so much. So, um, well, just even as you're, um, like developing women in lots of different things with your role, what do you, enjoy about that and helping them see their strengths in the place that they're playing in building God's kingdom. I think this kind of taps in a little bit with my maximizer strength, um, helping women grow and develop. I think I have it. I'm just with my role. I get to help women find their place in God's story. I get to help them see how God has made them and help maybe directly see in a ministry sense, how can they make a spiritual difference in the life of someone else? And 
you know, I think we all want someone to come alongside us to be, to feel like someone, you know, sees us, is getting to know us, is listening and really cares about helping us find the best place to live out who God has made us to be. And so it's really a privilege that I get to do that a lot with women as I meet with them, whether it's someone new to the church um, who's trying to figure out a place to belong and serve, or whether it's someone who has been walking with the Lord a long time and is really just trying to refine um, what God has for them in their life. And it's, you know, it's similar to kind of what you're doing, Barbara, as well. Um, And I know that you find a lot of joy in helping women embrace their strengths. And I think it's just a joyful thing to enter in with someone else to see them um, find joy in how God has made them and then to help connect them, how they can make a difference for the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, that really is. It really is exciting just to see. Sometimes we don't see how great we are ourselves and we need others to to kind of help identify that. And even I mean, that's why I like using strength finders as a tool so much because it's so concrete and it's like, oh, yes, I'm great at meeting people. I remember one gal I met with once because I would love to be the greeter at Walmart. And she, she has woo. And I mean, it's just, yeah. she just probably never thought of it that way, but it's like, yeah, everybody isn't like that. So um, anyway, that's fun. Well, what would you say gets you up in the morning? What do you love doing? I know we've kind of hit on that a little bit, but in your work, but even just in your day to day, what, what do you love doing? Um. Well, funny, when you first say that coffee is the first thing to come to my mind. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I do. I think about, oh, I could have my coffee in the morning. Um, but on a more serious note, you know, there are certain days that just are really great days. And I think of Jesus having busy ministry days and then pulling away to pray. And I think recently kind of coming out of um, times of COVID and people being more willing to meet and gather again. I've had some of those busy ministry days where I, I'm really exhausted at the end of the day, but I'm so satisfied mm-hmm. and just joyful days. I think of like this week, I've met with women who have just needed a listening ear and prayer. Um, I think of meeting with Bible study leaders and helping to equip and train them. Um, I think of getting to debrief and figure out how we could do that better there's been so many just conversations I've had with women, either caring for them, helping them lead in ministry. Um, it just, it, it fills me up. And I think of last night we started our summer Bible study and there were three new leaders that a few, like maybe, oh gosh, been a month or six weeks ago, I was able to meet with them, cast some vision, give them some strategic components of a good study and then empower them to lead. And what a joy it was just to come alongside them, to coach them, encourage them, and then to kind of unleash them. So for me, I just love getting with women, helping them be in the word and connecting them and developing them for the kingdom. Mm, that's great. Yeah. And like you say, it just gave you um, just joy and encouragement to know yeah, you're life. using your gifts and your talents. And it was like, that was easy for you. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's, I love to hear that. Sometimes um, I think of like, as we're thinking about our strengths that a lot of times we, 
it can kind of help lead us to understanding or implementing more like our personal mission statement. If a, some people have those, some people don't, but um, how do you happen to have one or do you think that your strengths kind of, kind of make that happen? Um, I do not have a personal mission statement. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but That's I, okay. A lot, of, a lot of people don't. You know, as I, I think about it, though, like I do have a Twitter bio, you know, that's kind of something. Um, mm-hmm. And it does encapsulate a little bit about who I am and what I love. I think for me, my passion really is making theology practical and God's word accessible. Mm-hmm. Um I think God's word is the primary means of grace he uses to grow us, to make us more like him each and every day. And I love helping other people understand that. And with theology, helping other people understand it's not just lofty academic concepts, but it it can really connect your heart to the Lord and transform you. And so I think those couple of things, just making theology practical, God's word accessible, it's what comes from that probably is what drives me and would be my personal mission, even if it's not a a perfectly crafted statement. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think the point of even trying to have like kind of, I mean, because you're strategic, you're, you're doing those things anyway, but even for some of us that might not do that so intuitively like yeah what what do i want to accomplish and how how am i getting there and i think i think of just that um scene you know in chariots of fire when i when i run i feel god's pleasure uh, yeah. and i think that's what i really want me to grasp and other people to grasp like yeah when you are leading these women when you're making a plan for the what's going to happen in the next year. It's like, that gives God's pleasure. It's just a joy for you to do that, but it's multiplying impact into the kingdom. And so it is, I think it, I think when you're, when you're operating out of your gifts, out of your talents, out of what is your passion that God has honed in you perhaps over some years that it, that it's contagious to other people. They, um, can experience God in new ways and it helps bring them alive in their faith. And it's also to me, it's, it's a little bit of some, some guidance of what to say yes to and what to say no to as God has refined my passions. And I mm-hmm. feel like I have some key things in my personal mission and how I live out my life. It helps me to say my best yes um, to mm-hmm. things. There may be lots of good things out there, but I don't need to be involved in all of them. And knowing kind of what my talents are, what I can best offer and what I feel like God has honed my passions to be, it helps me to give my best yes. Mm-hmm. I found it helpful in that way. Yeah, that's really good. Well, what would you like to tell our listeners who may, um, may have some of your talents or maybe they know someone with your talents or live with someone work with someone that has talents like you, what, what advice would you have for them to help them maybe understand it or appreciate sure. their talents? No, that's, that's good. Um, when I think of my top three talents being strategic belief and maximizer, I think when you mix those things together, they're kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, they intensify, they ramp up each other. Um, because when I'm strategic, I've got a plan and I see a path. And with my belief, I believe it with conviction and then maximizer. I like want to make this plan the best it can be. Mm -hmm. And 
these things anchor me and they're driven by deep belief, I think sometimes it can come across as um, too much confidence or um, gosh, that someone can't offer another opinion or that it's not able to be challenged because I, because I have such deep belief and conviction and I see a path. I think sometimes it, it doesn't invite conversation. And so I think as this having these things, I think I have learned to be aware of that mm-hmm. and to ask a lot more questions if I'm leading in a sense. And I think if you were someone working with someone who is strategic or someone who has belief, meaning they, they're driven by this deep belief, um, just ask lots of questions for clarity. Like, I think when I present something, I may come across really confident, but it doesn't mean that I think it's my way or the highway. And so I love when people ask questions like, can you explain how you got there? Like, it's not clear to me. Like you Mm -hmm. see the, you know, you see the end in mind and help me get there. And that's helpful for me um, because it makes me clearer. It makes me clarify my own vision and path. And I think inviting other people into the process. And if you're someone who works with a strategic or someone with belief, it's going to make it better because um, part of that's just having the humility to genuinely learn from others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think having the courage to ask questions, to ask for explanation. And for me on the other side, just to learn, hey, I need to slow down, help people see how I got to where I'm going. Um, but I think, you know, working with someone like that is like, just they may seem confident, but doesn't mean that we're opposed to um, change or a different way or making some tweaks. So I love it when people enter in. I think it just makes it it maximizes the process. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I know one time I talked with um, a mom that was homeschooling, and she had strategic and just that idea that you said is like when when you see the path so clearly, but sometimes it can be helpful to, to explain that, or like you said, maybe the person asked, but even you helping say, yeah, that this is how it got there because right, I can she, she, was, she was like, Oh, I'm kind of drowning my children because <laughs> they don't get why we're doing this. Right. And so that really helped me understand huh. it a little more too, because it's like, you do see it clearly, but some people don't. Right. And so I think if you want to bring other people along with you and, you know, bring other people into it with their wisdom and their gifts and what they have to bring into the process, it makes it all the better, but it's, it's needing some awareness of that. So. Yeah, that's great. Well, one last question I have for you, what has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? Oh, that's another good question. Um, you know, this is this is a memory that's fresh from last night. We, I think I mentioned before, we had our women's summer Bible study kickoff, and there were three new leaders leading out for the first time. And these are women who are really good friends. They're in Bible study together, and just their faith and their friendship—they're really just kind of contagious. And so, I loved asking them to take this step of faith to lead, cast some vision, coaching them a bit. And then really last night, they just really knocked it out of the park. And I love seeing them um, impact so many women and just having a great time doing it. It just really, I left with a full heart. Mm, 
Well, that's so great. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for taking time to um, share about your strengths and how they show up and just what you love about them and what you're learning about them. It's been such a um, just insightful and helpful time, I know, for people that are listening. And so thank you so much. Well, thanks, Barbara, for having me. It's been fun, fun to chat and always love learning more about my strengths with you. Well, thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.